This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insight Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London. How are you doing, Ed? Very well. Thank you for having me. Interesting day we've had. Oil has hit its highest number. Brent crude just over $90. That's the highest since 2014. And there are a number of reasons for these hikes, aren't there? Very much so. I, I think there's uh, several contributing factors right now. Um, you, you have uh, geopolitical tensions that are having several energy traders worried about uh, potential military escalations that could possibly lead to unexpected disruptions to some key pipelines. You have OPEC Plus that is uh, likely to continue with a, a gradual increased production strategy um, where a lot of their members are failing to hit their quotas, which will keep this market very tight. Uh, you have U.S. production that is slowly increasing. And uh, I, I think there's a global reopening that is happening across the U.S. and across uh, large parts of Europe that will will keep uh, demand outpacing uh, the current supply situation. And, and with currently, we're seeing low inventories that um, uh, I think everyone initially thought this market was going to probably find balance around the summertime. That keeps getting pushed back. And uh, the, the, the the market is, is really bracing for um, oil to trade between $80 to $100. And with all these risks of possible disruptions, um, and and uh, I think the, the, the big wild card is that no one knows exactly what will happen with what's happening with the Russia-Ukraine situation. You have uh, even you have North Korea, who's once again resuming uh, missile launches. Uh, and then there's this also this kind of fear that's building in the background that you have uh, you have the Winter Olympics and you're going to have President Putin and President Xi uh, talk. And and there's there's this fear um, among some experts that. You, you could possibly see some type of coordinated effort where China makes a move on Taiwan and Russia on Ukraine. Uh, and and th- th- this this could you know possibly be a scenario where uh, both countries try to uh, um, um, capture a, a key um, um, part of their you know strategy that you know they've been um, working on for decades. So I think that the the, the, the market is is really looking at energy as, as an easy trade right now, and 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 uh, everyone has been trying to see exactly, you know, well, what are the downside risks for oil prices? And you know, the the you know the Biden administration has pretty much thrown in the towel as far as really tapping the reserves. Uh, yesterday, uh, the, there was the announcement of uh, uh, doing that, and um, when you take a look <laughs> after um, that that happened. Uh, you know, the Energy Department uh, approved a 13.4 billion um, barrel uh, per day loan um, from their oil reserves to seven firms that you know, oil prices uh, didn't even blink. Uh, and uh, I, I think that the the uh, markets are, are really uh, just uh, bracing for uh, prices to continue to edge higher. Um, and uh, I, I think the, 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 the one thing that you're probably going to see is that this volatility will remain elevated. But uh, I think as far as traders looking at the Ukraine situation, uh, um, that that uh, I think you shouldn't be 
anticipating that as the primary catalyst here for higher uh, prices um, right now. There, there, there could be some upside, uh, but I, I think it is uh, unlikely. Um, it, it seems that uh, you're, you're, you're really not looking to, to, to see a big impact. Um, that's not the, that's not the base case scenario um, right now, as, as it, as it, seems um, so 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 I think investors right now they're they're really fixated on the the uh, the current low inventories that we're seeing and when we when we take a look at the EIA crude oil inventory numbers uh, you know it was interesting because there was a a, a pretty you know decent uh, uh, build 2.38 million barrels and uh, for for a lot of people that when you consider how that market uh, was uh, expecting just a slight build, uh, you know, there there wasn't really much of a reaction. Oil prices just continued to to push higher. Um, you know, Brent, um, you know, hitting uh, ninety dollars uh, and first time it did that since two thousand fourteen, uh, and and. I think even uh, you know the Omicron impact is still being felt. Uh, jet fuel demand fell sharply, uh, and and uh, there's there's a definitely uh some weakness that is being seen on the demand side but uh no this this market is tight it's going to remain uh that way for for the foreseeable future but uh, i think you know the 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 oil the energy complex is is uh has become a favorite trade and and throughout all this market volatility we've seen on wall street and throughout some of the stock market selling that has been um, rather excessive. It is, it's been fascinating to see exactly how strong oil has held up. You know, typically when you see some of, when you see the VIX jumping as much as, as it has, and you see stock prices, equity prices, uh, you know, you know, crumble, and you know, you're you're talking, you know, uh, corrections for the S&P and Nasdaq, and you know, possibly Nasdaq. You know, people are talking bear market territory at, at one point, um, and and you know, crude still you know holding higher and still eking out gains. Uh, you know, normally risky assets, including commodities, will sell off. So uh, the, the, you know, the, the, this market is 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 poised to to head higher. And 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 when you look at at, at forecasts, uh, you know, there are a lot of analysts. Some are you know targeting 90 100 now 150 for some uh so it, it will it, it i think when when you start to get at those hundred dollar levels uh that's a big um uh, level where if you're in the if you're an energy company uh you're going to start to produce more that's a given and uh that is clearly being seen um and and, and one of the the key things that you have to take a look at is you know we've you know, this has been the start of earnings season, and we've heard from Schlumberger, uh, Halliburton, and when you take a look at their earnings, you take a look at CapEx, uh, both have increased their CapEx. Uh, Halliburton uh, increased theirs by, I believe, uh, 25%. Uh, they, and uh, they're, they're, you know, obviously these prices, oil, the way oil prices are going higher, uh, they're, you know, they're the, the largest fracker out there. They're, they're, they're going to increase well. So obviously this, we're not going to see a hundred dollar oil uh, long term, but over the short term, over the over these next you know several or maybe handful of months, uh, you know we we can definitely see oil prices go over a hundred dollars. It won't be sustained because 
these companies are going to be increasing their 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 rig counts. Um, but no, it, this is going to be a very volatile trade, and uh, I think you're going to see uh, some of this momentum really uh, get excited um, once we break some of these psychological levels. Yeah, and you know that psychological level of a hundred dollars seemed possible rather than probable a few weeks ago, but it's now more probable than possible, isn't it? Really, and you mentioned. 150? I mean, wow. We're already concerned about rising prices here in the UK in terms of gas and so on, the lack of labour in the market, but an oil price of 150 and we could see a repeat of the 1970s, the way things are going. And do you not think the oil market has realised and not only do many producers uh, lack the capacity to boost output further, but those who can pump more are reducing the global spare production capacity, and that is exposing uh, the supply disruptions, is it not? Very much so. But I, I think what we've seen throughout the pandemic, uh, and, and a lot of these oil giants, uh, and and this is the playbook has been throughout the pandemic. Uh, you know, you got to watch that balance sheet. You got to conserve capital. You and and for the most part, Wall Street wanted to see. Um, you need to make sure your company is positioned to be able to offer dividends and increase and and buybacks. That's been the playbook. And and I think for um, for like for instance like Halliburton, they were able to uh, double their dividend, uh, and also uh, they were able to increase spending. Uh, North America's spending was up by 25%, and uh, internationally was up uh, in the mid-teens. Um, so they're comfortably able to increase their 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 uh, spending on new wells and and uh, uh, Schlumberger uh, the, the same so the, the big guys are, are going to uh, monopolize here and and uh, these new wells are not gonna you know you're not gonna <laughs> reap rewards from them uh, for um, you know over a year or so so this is this is uh, going to uh, gonna make the energy uh, trade um, I think, be very difficult um, um, or I mean a lot of households are going to be feeling the you know high energy prices I think for for quite some time uh, and, and uh, I, I think I think the the, the problem is um, you know you know this lack of investment and and you you've had this clean energy movement and you know the transition into to clean energy uh, embraced by uh, the majority of the world and and, and unfortunately uh, the transition um, was not as easy as uh, everyone hoped, and uh, so now we're we're starting to see exactly how uh, that needs to be moderated, and uh, some of these uh, benchmarks and goals will need to be adjusted. And I, I think, um, at, at least in the U.S., I think what you're going to see is, uh, come election time, um, you're probably going to see Americans at the polls. Uh, switch uh we're no longer going to have that blue wave and uh you're probably going to see that uh, a much more uh drill baby drill mentality is is going to uh be um uh, apparent <laughs> um here and 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 that will definitely provide a, a much needed relief um uh, for energy costs going forward and, and i think that we're, we're realizing that you know that the you know a year ago people thought in 10 years you know we might not really be needing much crude and, and it seems like no that 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 was extremely uh aggressively uh optimistic and uh we're, we're, we're going to be reliant on crude a lot longer than anyone anticipated 
I think you're right. Okay, meanwhile, let's talk about the markets and a big turnaround with risk appetite. Looking at the numbers here, the Nasdaq up 2% today and most of the other markets also showing good gains. So the markets are back. It's fascinating. Uh, I think that uh, you have such a, a reversal here and it's all in advance of the Fed. <laughs> and uh, there, there has been um, a lot of buying. And uh, this is, uh, I think the, the, the markets are starting to uh, become a little bit more, um, I think, uh, optimistic that, okay, we, we, I think, I think um, traders became, in the past three weeks, um, or four weeks, let's say, um, the, the, uh, the attitude on Wall Street went f from, you know, we we're gonna have a great year. Equities is our 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 poise. It's not gonna be as good as 2021, but we're gonna have, uh, you know, double digit growth. We're we're probably with the economy growing at four percent, and we're gonna and with a uh, one more major uh, piece of legislation from the Biden administration. And the reopening trade, uh, things are going to be very good this year. And what happened was uh, uh, build back better did not happen. And, and I think still some small parts of it will eventually get passed. Um, and and then uh, you went from thinking that the Fed was going to have a gradual approach on tightening, uh, where two to three rate hikes was the, the base case scenario. To all of a sudden, and so, and two to three base, two to three rate hikes was the base case scenario, with possibly a summertime balance sheet runoff. To all of a sudden, the the market went to thinking we were going to have four to five rate hikes, and a balance sheet runoff that was going to happen in the spring, and and the the markets then were saying that is aggressive fed tightening the fed is scrambling because they made a policy mistake and the markets were uh, in de-risking mode and you saw you know the nasdaq quickly go into correction territory uh the s p 500 did as well and then you saw so many like uh companies that fell over 10 percent themselves uh and and uh, it was just uh, a, a major de-risking moment that um, I, I think a lot of investors were like, this is um, unjustified. And, and I think that, you know, what you're seeing now is that, okay, well, how is the Fed really going to react today? Are they, are they going to, uh, and, and looking at, you know, the, you know, the, the way the, the, the market is, has, has, uh, sent treasury yields has um um really um saw some of the 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 market volatility this is a really hurt growth forecast uh this is this is uh something that the fed um you know is in there is no reason for the fed to uh maintain uh or to deliver a hawkish rhetoric that continues to support the narrative that they are can you know supporting the idea that uh four to five rate hikes this year is is uh is possible and that they could do the balance sheet runoff in in, in two to three meetings uh so so i think i think that you you're seeing a lot of investors say like oh no we 
there, there's, there's a chance that there could be some dovishness today. And a lot of traders are now saying like, there's too many good companies here that you need to buy. Um, and that uh, despite what the what happens here with the Fed, there you're you're probably not going to get continue to have like an Apple or Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft had great earnings, um, but like some of these companies were like you know well over ten percent discount. Like you're this is this is the time when you you know you you buy now, and you know if if things really get ugly again, you know you you could you could buy some more later. Uh, but this was this was you know. This was a, a, you know, a lot of times when people are uh, saying like, oh, I wish I bought the dip. Well, you know, this was one of those dips that it, 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 it seemed unjustified. And, and I think a lot of investors now are trying to get ahead of this Fed because there's this expectations that they're, they're, they're going to signal tightening is obviously coming. It's, they, they, they've said, you know, inflation has been high. They, uh, and the economy does not warrant this accommodation. So they're, 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 they're going to be moving on interest rates uh in march and and i think that you know the, i think the expectations um will probably end up being that no 2022 is, is going to be a year where they might move three or four times this year and that you're you're still probably looking at a june july balance sheet runoff which um is I think the economy could still handle, and and if that's the case, you're still probably looking at around four percent growth, uh, and and uh, that's still an environment risk appetite should still um, perform fairly well. So so I, I think um, investors are are you know trying to be a little bit more optimistic today, but uh, you know inflation is the biggest risk right now, but I think there is there is some optimism that uh, there has been progress, and uh, I, I think that. Uh, a lot of traders are are seeing that okay well you're 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 seeing more efforts being done to try to tackle the chip problem um we earlier this week it, it we um the the administration noted that no it's not going to get better until after the summer it was supposed to be better by the summer um so uh, you know things are taking a lot longer to get rectified but i think there is this still this belief though that these inflationary pressures will not really go into next year and and i think that as long as that's the case um, the fed will not kill this recovery and and uh, that growth should still be strong this year okay um let's talk about bitcoin and uh the imf has called on el salvador to drop bitcoin as legal tender i know the numbers are down today again for bitcoin is that something to do with it the imf has been um always picking at <laughs> picking on El, El Salvador um, and, and and I think that um, you know that that has been a risky uh, uh, approach to how El Salvador is trying to um, spur uh, growth and and attract investors and uh, uh, make it a hub of uh, uh, investment um, and and I, I think that you're you're, you're probably going to see that uh, They've been dedicating a significant amounts of capital uh, of, of the country's resources to um, holding Bitcoin, and, and uh, they've been losing a lot of money as they've been buying um, multiple dips. Um, but but I, I, I think that you're, you're you're seeing that they have been the, the the first country that really has has embraced Bitcoin, and you're probably seeing that um, 
it's too volatile. It's too volatile for a country to make that. It's uh, to make it legal tender, um, I think, uh, you know, to, to support it, to support Bitcoin uh, and to make it something that uh, where you're crypto friendly and and uh, welcome jobs. Yes, that's that's uh, that could be a very smart move. But uh, I think they've gone a little bit overboard on that. Um, but um, you're you're seeing Bitcoin right now. Um, I mean, it, it, it it's had a a terrible few months and uh, I think uh, you've seen uh, uh, over a 50% drop uh, since November and, and a, a lot of that uh, has been because of the de-risking move that you saw on Wall Street um, and uh, no I, I think now it's 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 sort of, it's forming a base it's stabilized um, quite a bit it did not break below much uh, below that 34,000 region and that uh, now it's um, there's there's a lot of traders now that are focused on Bitcoin might have a a very choppy road ahead. So the the, the focus for many is on into altcoins and and trying to decide whether or not do you try to find the the next best Ethereum competitor. Um, and 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 a lot of traders are now you know trying to see well is it going to be the Solanas or Polkadots or Terra Lunas um, uh, and and or Avalanche. There's 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 a there's a handful of other coins. So um, what's happening is that there's many traders that are having kind of like a basket of cryptos now. They're they're no longer over loading on just Bitcoin. So um, uh, the, the, the interest is still strong for cryptos. It's just now being spread across many. So um, there's this kind of belief that if Bitcoin stabilizes here, there could be a strong altcoin season. Um, and that's how a lot of crypto traders are positioning themselves. And finally, Ed, last but certainly not least, I know how you like to talk about Canada and particularly the Bank of Canada's rate decision today. And a surprise for many with a decision to remain as they were. I, I it was a close it was a close vote, I think. But uh, the, the going into it, uh, you, you could have easily justified a, a rate hike. But um, no, the it was a hawkish hold by the Bank of Canada. The bank they basically queued up a, a March rate hike, and and I think there is a, a possibility. Uh, they could um, raise uh, by 50 basis points in in March, um, but but uh, I, I think for for many people, uh, you know, the, the there there was no urgency by the bank to to move today, um, and um, part of the the reason um, they 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 referenced uh, the the Omicron uh, impact, they're being mindful of it, uh, and and uh, I, I think that right now they're 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 you know they're obviously concerned about um, um, the, the current uh, uh, trajectory of inflation, uh, and and right now with with uh, the Bank of Canada, they've been um, very clear with uh, the persistent supply constraints that are you know still operating, and uh, it's going to lift inflation. But I think you're you're probably going to see that uh, the, you know the, the Bank of Canada is is you know they're they're. They're, they set up the market nicely that they're going to be normalizing policy uh, and you're going to see probably the loony become one of the strong uh, outperformers. Uh, it's going to benefit with a steady uh, interest rate hiking cycle and obviously they're going to benefit from elevated oil prices probably going forward uh, I think over these next few months. So should be an interesting uh, trade for the Canadian dollar over into the summer months. Ed, thanks very much for joining us today. Really interesting stuff. We'll speak to you again soon. This is the Oanda Podcast.